25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y-Sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, buddy! How y'all are? I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. Beaver's in here. Beaver, how was the first hour? Good, Matt Wyatt. Was, You're doing well. Thank you so much. <laughs> I need I need all those pats on the back. Get my get my confidence up, you know? Hey. You're a champion. You're a tiger. <laughs> I'm a champion of life. Oh, what? Well, I don't know if we want to bring that back. That didn't turn out too well for old Butch Jones. No, it didn't. Maybe should we should get that clip of uh Charlie saying, What is it, rock flag and eagle? Rock, flag, and eagle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please clip that out. Well, I'm recording it, so I've got it now. <laughs> and I'm going to make a note here. Rock, flag, and eagle so that I can clip that out and just have it myself whenever I need it. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Tell the truth, Beaver. It's not often since you've been on this radio station. It's not often that you just exclaim something in song on the air. No, I. You know what? I don't get too much, and I've until this moment, I felt like that's been missing from my life. So I, <laughs> I want to thank you for allowing me that opportunity. Rock, flag, and eagle. Hey, I've got the, uh, I've got the whole song here. If you'd like it, play it, please do. Is it radio safe? Yeah. All right. Fingers crossed. Let's do it. It's up, gonna kick a little ass, gonna kick some ass in the USA. Gonna climb a mountain, gonna soar a flag, gonna fly on an eagle. I'm gonna kick some butt, I'm gonna drive a big truck, I'm gonna rule this world. I'm gonna kick some ass, I'm gonna rise up, I'm gonna kick a little ass. Rock, flag, and eagle! Uh, I like your uh, I like your version better. Thank you. You, you got straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> there are people right now listening to this going... Uh, what's yeah, happening? What's happening? They don't know what's going on. Okay, so that's a nod to a show that Beaver and I we share as one of our favorites or funnier ones anyway, and that is "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Do not let your children watch that show. But after they've gone to sleep, turn it on and have a good laugh. All right, I'm Matt, Farm Bureau Studio, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer-inspired. 
We're going to give you an opportunity to be a part of the show. As always, you can tweet me at Radio Wyatt. You can text the text line 885-ESPN. A while ago, Michael from Florence uh, clarified. He said it was a typo. It didn't. He didn't mean for it to say WSU grad, Washington State. He meant to say MSU grad. But he did say that he lived in Saginaw, Michigan, for five years. Still has friends there, so he said it's time for Michigan to shut up the whistler till next year. boy, shut him up. One way to shut him up, send him home. Isn't there a song out there about Saginaw, Michigan? A lot of towns there's songs about. We've been through that before. Coming up in a bit, we're going to talk with Brandon Marcello of Auburn 24-7, 24-7 Sports. He's one of the editors there, and they cover Auburn. Auburn's looking for a new president. Somebody texted the show a little bit ago and said they don't like Brandon very much, called him some names, and classless and all that. Whatever. I've never had a problem with Brandon. I know he does an excellent job covering Auburn. He knows more about him than I do. That's for sure. And I know that, what, in three weeks, we're all going to be sitting there in Hoover covering SEC media days, the unofficial start to the college football season. Now, in between, we have July 4th. So I just hope that Brandon and everybody else gets to SEC media days with all their fingers and toes, <laughs> get through the celebration, and then we'll have the unofficial start to the SEC season. And in the midst of that, we've got a lot of schools trying to find and hire administrators. You know, there's a lot being made over here about Ole Miss looking for an AD, athletics director. They have an interim right now looking for a president, but they're not the only ones. Auburn looking for a president. I guess they call it a president. Call it a chancellor at Ole Miss, but we know what it means. So they're looking for one at Auburn. Let's just see what it's all about. I don't know a lot of the details. Let's ask someone who does. Brandon Marcello. Y'all uh, give him a follow on Twitter if you don't already. You should. He's got one of those blue checks. He's just at B Marcello, one of the folks over there at Auburn 24 7. That's auburn.247sports.com. Check him out. Brandon, I really do appreciate some time today. Three weeks, man. You'll be in Hoover footballing it like crazy. Yeah, to me, that's the start of football season just because the coverage starts and then practice is right after that. And you're already going into the season, so it's, it, it, you know, as much as we complain about football season not coming around, it it comes it comes about pretty quickly when you hit the month of June. Boy, man, it really does come quick. And I guess, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but teams may begin practice uh, probably a few days earlier this year because we have that that schedule where we got games in August, therefore two open dates. I wonder if teams will actually start practicing at the end of July. I think so. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think a team or two did last year okay so yeah i think we're going to see that this year you know near that that last week of july you're probably going to see some teams start practice sure brandon what um what's behind the situation at auburn with the outgoing president was it like they got rid of him or he just decided to leave like what's up with it they got rid of him um there's a lot of little things added up over time, simply put, they he they just didn't trust him. Um, you know, he was a guy that came from Iowa State and <laughs> kind of left Iowa State in a weird situation because there was this whole investigation about his use of 
a private plane for, you know, personal uh, uh, pleasure hmm. um, that was owned by the university. And anyway, so he came to Auburn amidst that and never really got acclimated to Auburn. Didn't seem very interested in getting acclimated to the university and just kind of pushed his own agenda. Um, a lot of folks I talked to think thought he was arrogant. Um, he just didn't really fit in with a lot of stuff. And then on the athletic side, boy, did he lose a lot of battles or at least got pushed around a little bit. And uh, he didn't realize it at the time, whether it was allowing Jimmy Sexton to you know, negotiate a seven-year, $49 million contract with a huge buyout for Gus Malzahn yeah. at the end of the 2017 season. Stephen Leith was the leader on that. Uh, Jay Jacobs was the athletics director, but he was on his way out, was not involved in negotiations, but also the athletic. So the president, Stephen Lee, at the time, thought it was putting him on himself to negotiate that deal. And uh, Auburn got the raw end of it and might end up getting even a raw end of it if they have to try and fire Gus Malzahn after this season of a huge buyout. He's been dragging his feet on and building a football-only complex. Mm-hmm. He's been micromanaging the athletics department. And then, of course, on the academic side, a lot of the same issues. So long story short, he... He just not a lot of people could trust him, and he was way too involved with things, and just didn't quite seem to understand the dynamics at Auburn University. You know, and Brandon, it's one of those things where, like that, I have this, you know, a pretty decent understanding of athletic departments or how good athletics directors operate, you know. But at the president level, you know, I'm in this Mississippi State world where we've just had it so such a luxury. With Mark Keenum, yeah, yeah. the president, all these years, who always makes the right move, knows exactly how to support coaches and ads, and even makes tough decisions the right. It's hard for me to imagine what it must be like for for Green or Malzahn or people when you're looking up at Auburn and you just don't like the guy, don't trust the guy who's the president of the university. You know, it's like a bad situation for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then you look back at the whole Bruce Pearl situation when Chuck Person, his assistant coach, was arrested by the FBI and was caught up in that. And Bruce Pearl's attorney told him at the time, listen, Bruce, don't speak to the university until all the facts are gathered and all this. And yeah. uh, the president, Stephen Leith, was being very public with, he hasn't talked to me yet. Bruce Pearl hasn't talked to me yet. I want to talk to him and he better talk to me. Mm. And they kept reaching this impasse where you thought, oh, my goodness, is he going to fire Bruce Pearl in the middle of this season because he's not going to talk to him? And Stephen Leith was very vocal in the public realm with it and uh, kind of had some egg on his face at the end of it um, among a lot of boosters and really among a lot of people involved with the university because he was so quick to try and figure some things out when all the facts weren't you know, presented yet, let alone the case hadn't gone to trial Mm. so and it did not directly involve bruce pearl so anyway another long story short he just handled a lot of things incorrectly and tried to get way too involved with certain things with athletics where you know listen as a boss you know as a president of the university you hire people so that they can run departments and for him he was just a little bit too hands-on and you can't do that as a president you can't spread yourself that thin because you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're probably going to break some trust yeah sure brandon marcello on your radio right now y'all follow him on twitter if you don't at b marcello covers uh auburn year-round front to back when um i was you were talking about the the possibility of 
you know, what if you wanted to make a change at, at head coach football and you might have more egg on your face because of that contract? I, I couldn't help but think, Brandon, I was looking a minute ago, and, and Chris Lowe, our friend over at ESPN, wrote that thing about the toughest Power Five schedule. And he gave it to mm-hmm. you know he gave it to Auburn, and I mean they're they're looking at that tough stretch and these games, neutral site game, and playing all these different ranked teams in the preseason, road games, and potentially going to do it all with a freshman, true freshman QB, right? Yeah, and if it's not a true freshman quarterback, it'll be a redshirt freshman who played garbage time in a sixty-three to fourteen blowout of Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's a daunting schedule. I mean. They've got four opponents that are either on the road or a neutral site that'll be top 15 teams in the preseason. Oregon, Texas A&M, LSU, and Florida. And then, of course, they've got Alabama and Georgia on the schedule. Both those games are at home. But Auburn, you know, hasn't had a lot of success against those teams of late, though they have had the most success against Alabama um, uh, during this Nick Saban era. But... At Auburn, you know, you got to beat your rivals. They, they expect that every year. And when you go a few years without beating them or you, there's some inconsistencies there, especially when you're in, you know, year five, six, and now seven for Gus Malzahn, the heat goes up a little bit. And for Gus Malzahn, not only is he facing this daunting schedule, but now he is, there's a little bit of a safety net that he had that's gone, and that was Stephen Leaf. He's the one who was his defender. He's the one who got this new contract for him just less than, you know, just a little over two years ago. And Raymond Harbert, who's on the board of trustees, his voice has also been diminished because he's a big lead supporter. And the both of them together worked with Jimmy Sexton to get Gus Mouse on this new deal. So let's say Auburn goes like eight and four this year and two of their losses are to Georgia and Alabama. You know, if Stephen Leith was still the president, he might keep Gus Mouse on around still and give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, we're making progress. But without Leaf there, I, I think I think Gus Malzahn would probably be fired uh, for going 8-4 and four with losses to their two mm. biggest rivals. And to be quite honest, to go 8-4 and four against this schedule would be pretty good. Yeah. If I had to send over-under on win total, it would be 7.5 right now because mm. that, that schedule is incredibly tough and for anybody to navigate. But that's the expectation at Auburn. They, you've got to beat Alabama. you got to beat Georgia. And, you know, when you get them at home every other year, you should at least split them. That's the expectation, and Auburn hasn't been able to do that other than two times since 2013. No no doubt. And those two that you mentioned, Auburn's in a precarious spot because, yes, they're Auburn. Yes, they have, you know, uh, you know the recent national title. I know it's 2010, and it's not that long ago. We can all remember it. And – but, man, Georgia and Alabama, it used to be kind of Alabama recruiting on a different level than everybody else. But, man, Georgia is signing more four- and five-star players than anybody else. you know. And, and if you're Auburn, you have to be sitting there looking at that going, man, now it's these two rivals who are recruiting at a higher level than us. You know? Yeah. Well, not only are they beating them on the field, but they're beating them on the recruiting trail and at least – in the past, Auburn was beating Georgia on the recruiting trail, yeah. uh, particularly one-on-one for a lot of recruits in mm-hmm. the state of Georgia. And Auburn recruits the Atlanta area. That's their their bread and butter, in addition to the state of Alabama. Their bread and butter is going into Georgia. And with Georgia recruiting so well, and of course Alabama doing what it does on a national scale recruiting-wise, 
I mean, not only are they your two rivals, but geographically, you're sandwiched between the two of them. And it's almost like you're trying to fight a war from two sides <laughs> and maintain your ground while also going into their neck of the woods and try to get recruits. And when Georgia's recruiting the way they are and staving off Auburn now a little bit from getting these big-time prospects in the state of Georgia, it's going to catch up to a program at some point. I mean, Auburn's had top ten classes every year under Gus Malzahn except for this past signing class. And it looks like this upcoming signing class is not going to be top 10 again. So you're starting to see Auburn lose a little bit of a foothold there, not just on the football field against Georgia, but also on the recruiting trail. And if that continues to slip, you would expect that Auburn would not be able to beat Georgia on a regular basis or at least every other year or every couple of years. So that's another thing that Auburn fans are really upset about. And of course, Whoever the new president is, and of course the athletics director, Alan Green, is going to have to weigh when they get to the end of the season if, say, Auburn's a seven or eight win team. Mm-hmm. They got to look at recruiting. They got to look at the future of the program. No doubt. It's really going to be an interesting year. And, you know, Brandon, I got a couple of minutes left here. I, I, I'm not one who I just make up my mind. I hate a certain coach or he's terrible or whatever. You know, I, I don't do that. I, I don't know Gus Malzahn personally, but I, I like. Watching him coach, you know, I've liked a lot of his teams, and he's obviously a high-level coach. We know that. But, you know, I can't help but see that you probably have a lot of Auburn fans, don't you, that are going, okay, what is the football equivalent of Bruce Pearl, and how do we go find it? Because that's what we got to have. Yeah. I think that it's weird. Like, the two worst things that probably happened to Gus Malzahn aren't actually uh, necessarily losing games, but one of them is. I think the worst thing that happened to him was being so successful. As I think we lost Brandon. I think we lost Brandon. Not real sure about that. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Can yeah, hear me? we got you back. We got you back. Sorry. Uh, I switched to Bluetooth there. But I was going to say quickly, two worst things that happened to Gus Malzahn was his first season going to the national championship game. And then maybe Bruce Pearl being hired because he's such an electric personality. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now Pearl's winning. And fans want that type of person at Auburn. Auburn's known for some electric personalities in the past. And they love interacting with those type of coaches. And Gus Malzahn's just not that type. I mean, he'll tell you he's a nerd. Um, <laughs> he's a football nerd. Um, and he's just not very outgoing. He's tried to work on it. Um, but he is who he is. And so... There's a lot of factors in all this, winning, recruiting, personality, and um, it's going to be interesting to watch this season. I'm with you. I think Gus Malzahn's a great coach. He, he hasn't had a losing season since 1991, wow. like in his first or second year as a high school head coach. The guy just gets it done. He always finds a way, no matter what level of football. And, uh, uh, you know, you know. Winning eight games this year shouldn't be a disappointment considering the schedule, mm-hmm. but for Auburn fans, it's going to be because this has been more of the same really since 2014 with the one year of 2017 being the exception. Brandon, I enjoyed the conversation. Always do. Time runs out quickly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, man. All right. Talk to you soon. That's Brandon Marcello. Y'all follow him on Twitter at bmarcello. Really good stuff on Auburn. Brandon understands it pretty intimately, and he's, you know, he's in a position there. He's on campus year round. Uh, it's not just covering the teams from a distance. He's co- talking to the coaches. He's talking to people. Has a really good feel for it. And so, if you are 
a fan of an SEC Western Division team, well, certainly if you're an Auburn fan, but if you're a fan of somebody else, but you're playing Auburn every year, you're looking over there looking at, and watching that situation because I think he just laid it out for you pretty keenly. One of the major storylines in the SEC this year is going to be Gus Malzahn and Auburn, the future of that program, the future of the school. You got the old president, Jay Gouge, is now the interim again. And Jay Gouge is bosom buddies with any and every old, (laughs) established, wealthy alumni of Auburn University. They're going to do whatever they have to do. And he's exactly right when he says it's a tough enough schedule that winning eight or nine of those games be a heck of an accomplishment with what they are looking at, what the way that schedule has flipped on them this particular year. But they are in such a precarious position at Auburn. Geographically, they're sandwiched between Alabama and Tuscaloosa and Georgia over there in Athens and those two schools. Now with Kirby Smart at Georgia, the way they are recruiting – at such a high level. They're signing more four- and five-star players every year than Alabama is. And where does that leave Auburn? And maybe the most interesting thought or question in that entire interview was, (laughs) who is the football equivalent of Bruce Pearl? Look at what Bruce Pearl came out of, goes to Auburn, and what he did got him in the Final Four. This big, gregarious personality get the fan base on board. Who's the football equivalent of that? Let me know what you think. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. The arms race. I'm not talking about battleships, nuclear weapons. I'm talking about athletic facilities, the arms race in all of college sports, but namely in the SEC. It's just forever ongoing. It never stops. Was it? What was it Arkansas spent on their football? Renovation, doing their north end zone and all the clubs. What what was it? Was it like 155 million or am I below? Oh shoot. I think it was 155 million, something like that. I think that was the number that I saw. Yeah, that's it. Okay, 160 million dollars on that expansion and renovation of the other end zone there used to, you know, had locker rooms and stuff. They just redid it. So they just got that done. I think they opened it up last year at Arkansas at Reynolds Razorback stadium. And now today, an announcement for Arkansas baseball, a new baseball development center and renovations 
at the Randall Tyson Track Center are going to soon get underway on the University of Arkansas campus. No university funds, state funds, or student fees are going to be required to complete these projects. The board approved a final project cost of $27 million for the Baseball Development Center. It was initially approved last November based on an estimated cost of 20 to 25 mil. They're two million over, but hey, that's just pocket change. <laughs> 27 million for the new baseball development center at the University of Arkansas. 45,000 square foot facility. Will provide student athletes with an improved and expanded locker room, team room, weight room, training room, meeting rooms, nutrition space. Now hold on a minute. Beaver, you ever been in a nutrition space? I'm not sure what that would even be. Well, I would venture I would say that you have. Anywhere called a kitchen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Is a nutrition space. Now tell me something. What kind of world are we living in where we announce we're going to spend $27 million on a new baseball facility, yet we're embarrassed to call it a kitchen? And instead, we're going to type the words nutrition space. Hmm. Come on, man. Nutrition space? It's a dadgum kitchen. Clip that out and send it to them. Nutrition. You can't compete with Bama if you if you just say, "Oh, we got a new kitchen here." <laughs> got to get all fancy. Yeah, it wouldn't fit, would it? Team room, weight room, training room, meeting rooms, kitchen, <laughs> player and pitching development spaces, and in venue batting cages. Nutrition space. Kiss my butt, Arkansas. Nutrition space. I'm picturing it right next to the lavish room with like all the arcade games and training table and fancy equipment. And in the quote nutrition space, all there is is like a little like four burner stove you would <laughs> buy at Cowboy Maloney and just like a little Kenmore refrigerator. <laughs> Linoleum floor. <laughs> yeah. You open a drawer and they got little those little packages of the disposable. Spoons and forks. <laughs> Plasticware. <laughs> That's it. One of those machines, a fountain drink machine, that all day long it's making that noise. It just it, randomly it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a kitchen. Pay no attention to that. It's just a kitchen. Nutrition space. Come on, man. That's what's wrong with y'all. Nutrition space. Who's going to be the first prefab homemaker? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all making spec homes. You're out here in these subdivisions buying up lots, building houses. building Popping these houses up. Development area. Spec houses. Nobody's even bought it yet. Just go ahead and build it. Put a price tag on it. Put a sign up. You got a website, and the realtors have access to it. What's the first one of y'all that's going to walk into the kitchen and say, this is our nutrition space? 
or put that on your website or on the flyer? Who's the first going to do it? Some of y'all are going to do it. You're going to. Nutrition space. It's wrong, y'all. It's a dang kitchen. The addition, uh, let's see, the, the Baseball Development Center is going to be attached to the right field corner of Baum Walker Stadium, connecting it with the current West Concourse and providing a new premium viewing area for games. So fans get to kind of venture over there. If you're lucky enough to leave the door open, you can walk on in and look at the nutrition space. Check it out. I just thought I'd bring that up. So the arms race is continuing. It's going to continue. Um, this is no doubt something that for Arkansas is, um, you know, they felt like it was needed. It is not in the same vein as what State did. State tearing down the stadium and taking two years building a completely new stadium to play in and facility and training facility to go along with it. State spent what? What did they spend? $60 million on that. This is more like what Ole Miss did. This is Arkansas effectively doing the same thing that Ole Miss has already done. Ole Miss built onto their stadium, up the third baseline, a multi-level team facility, training facility, development facility. I wonder what they, if that, that might even be what they call it at Ole Miss. And it is state-of-the-art now from everything. Everything that Arkansas said they're putting in there. The Ole Miss already got in there. Weight room, training room, meeting rooms, kitchen, all of that. And uh, Ole Miss opened theirs this past year. Arkansas deciding they're going to do the same thing. Arkansas doesn't need a new baseball stadium. Ole Miss doesn't need a new baseball stadium. So they're just adding on to it. So apparently those are things you need at SEC baseball facilities. This is what you need to compete, to recruit to show it off to those first-round picks, get them to come to school. Hey, come here and develop for two years. Be better off when you leave. Forego those millions of dollars in the first round and come play for us. Get us in the tournament. We can win it all. You know, it's just, I mean, really, $27 million at Arkansas for a baseball facility. Ole Miss just did it. State spent, you know, not quite, but going on triple that for an entire new stadium and everything. Who's next? LSU has the new box, the stadium. They gonna, Is LSU going to be the next one? They're the next one that's really serious about baseball. You know, who will it be? It's not going to be Vandy. It's just not. I mean, it's a cool thing for Vanderbilt... For that school and for their baseball team to be that good and have guys in the pros who can come back and give you some big donations and all that kind of stuff, but it's never going to be a moneymaker for them. But look at LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and State. The fan bases are large enough that baseball is a revenue sport. You're making money off of it. Why not put $27 million back into it? Go get some players. Make more money off of it. Put 10, 11,000 in there in the weekends every game. So, I mean, it's a moneymaker. That's the world we live in. All right. Um, 
Text line 885-ESPN. You want to text the show, you're certainly uh, able to. Bigglesworth. I don't know this for a fact, but I think, Bigglesworth, this might be the first time you've ever texted the show that I'm doing, and I appreciate it. And I'm going to go ahead and put you on the all-name team, and I appreciate you. Bigglesworth. Is that your real name? I like it. Bigglesworth. He says, if a kitchen is a nutrition space, what would be the bathroom? (laughs) Kitchen equals nutrition space. Bathroom is... Never mind. Matt, on the text line, we were talking about, you know, what's the the whole Auburn thing and what would be the football equivalent of a Bruce Pearl? He says, as if it's not bad enough that basketball success was heard in the Gus bus, but now the baseball team experiencing great success, Butch Thompson. And Butch, a very well-liked guy and got him to the College World Series, all that kind of stuff. Rambo texts the show and said, how about Lane Kiffin as a Bruce Pearl equal? Buddy. Could you imagine Elaine Kiffin as the head coach at Auburn opposite Alabama? And how would he do? I mean, see, I don't know that he is. Is Mike Leach in that in that category? Would Mike Leach be a football kind of parallel to Bruce Pearl in basketball? As you remember, he had Texas Tech ranked up there in the top five a couple different years. That might be a good one. Could you see Mike Leach coaching Auburn? Oh, and here's a text that says the bathroom could just be the Waste Management Center. <laughs> I'm Matt. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. The show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Staying connected to you around the clock, whether it's broadcasting, posting, tweeting, uh, uploading, what else? Streaming, everything. Because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Been getting texts throughout the show on my iPhone 8 Plus from C Spire. I still have that one because I wanted the button on the bottom. You know, like the new iPhones don't have a button. I'm old and set. I need a button. Think they're ever going to put a button back on there? Hey, Apple. Put a button on there. I'll get a new one. Probably not. I'll just wind up trying the other one and realize I was wrong the whole time. All right. As mentioned earlier, you can be a part of the show. Give me a shout on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Here's the number to the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 
big commercial mowers, tractors, residential mowers, zero turns, Kubota, Red Max, hand tools as well, all things big and small. That's where you want to go. They've been doing it better longer than anybody else. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. All right. Um, I missed a team yesterday on the countdown. I'll admit it. I don't remember what jumped in the way, but something towards the end of yesterday's show uh, popped up and kind of the conversation kicked off. We went on down that road and ran out of time. And so I missed a team yesterday. Yesterday would have been 68 on the countdown of 100 teams, 100 days. We did Florida State earlier. That was 67 days from August 31st. Yesterday would have been the Suns from Westwood. The Suns of Westwood, UCLA. Kind of sounds like we're watching a guy on a tightrope right there, doesn't it? In the circus. Anyway, that's the name of the UCLA fight song is uh, Sons of Westwood. Here we go. Uh, UCLA has more national championships combined in all sports than any other school. More than all at UCLA. Proud. The Bruins of UCLA. Interesting facts about the Bruins. UCLA's colors are true blue and gold. They were chosen specifically to represent the state's ocean and wildflowers. What is it about the state of California wanting to pick colors for sports teams that match stuff? Like the Dodgers. Well, I don't know about picking their colors, but you know the Dodgers... Uh, there in Los Angeles, in their stadium, Dodger Stadium, the seats are painted blue and then like yellow and then orange and then red, and it's to match the ocean and then the sunset. I mean, like, what's the deal with that? Just pick your colors. <laughs> True blue and gold for UCLA that matches the state's ocean and wildflowers. That's intimidating, isn't it? In its early history, the Bruins, UCLA's football team, were known as the Cubs. It was because UCLA was a younger extension of the parent campus, which was California Berkeley, Cal. Now, you ever thought about that? I, I, it's true. You think about it. University of California, what are they? They're, they're Cal Bears. And for a long time, UCLA was an extension of Cal Berkeley. They just call them the Cubs. Then they became the Bruins when they're their own thing. They were known as the Grizzlies at one point, but uh, you know, University of Montana had rights to the names. They gave it up. Became the Bruins in 1928. And a live bear used to take the field at UCLA home games, and then all of a sudden it was disallowed by the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum folks. Why? Got to be a story behind that. And there's some irony in this, too. The, the color on the UCLA uniforms is called powder keg blue. You know, Ole Miss has powder blue. By the way, y'all like the powder blue at Ole Miss or not? Yes, no, whatever. 
I kind of like it. I think it looks good. But at UCLA, they call it powder keg blue. Can you imagine if if Ole Miss, with its powder blue, said that the color was powder keg blue? Oh, man. Big, big deal. <laughs> powder keg blue. That color blue was chosen by their uh, coach in 1949, named Red Sanders. <laughs> Guy named Red chose blue. Figure that out. Can't figure it out. Hey, Beaver, the band plays a pretty cool song at UCLA at all their games. Do you know what this song is? It's ringing a bell, isn't it? The song has come out and play by The Offspring. Uh, famous UCLA alumni. Man, it's incredible. Jackie Robinson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the actor James Dean, Jack Black, Blossom, Carol Burnett, Ben Stiller, Marsha Clark, Mark Harmon. Um, Randy Newman. Tim Robbins. You know, Shawshank Redemption. Tim Robbins went to UCLA. Oh, man, Randy Newman went to UCLA. Does anybody know who Randy Newman is? Y'all know who Randy Newman is, whether you know or not. If you've ever watched Toy Story, you know who Randy Newman is. He has all these quirky but really you know, likable songs and stuff over the years. You know, we love L.A. Or I love L.A. That's Randy Newman. You know, he wrote a lot of music that's very, like, political satire stuff, and it was really popular in the 80s. That's Randy Newman. I love L.A. You remember that song uh, Randy Newman did called Short People? Like the story was apparently he was really angry with some record label executive who was a little bitty short guy and had that Napoleon, what do they call it, syndrome? So he made a song like making fun of short people. <laughs> he sure did. That's Randy Newman. Yeah, that's Randy Newman. So he went to UCLA, um, Arthur Ashe, Shakira, Rob Reiner, Heather Locklear, Marilyn Monroe. Can you imagine a list of alumni like this? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, just on and on and on. Nick Cage. Mila Kunis. It just never stops. Jaleel White played Urkel. UCLA. Mm-hmm. Hey, and by the way, you know, if you make a 
if you got about $500,000 to bribe some athletics director, you too can get your kid in UCLA. That's how that works. All right, real quick, UCLA football. Do you even know who the uh, head coach at UCLA is now? Chip Kelly, former Oregon coach, former Eagles coach. And, man, it is melting down fast. That team won three games last year. They started the season 0-5. (laughs) Down the stretch, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. They gave up 41 to Utah, 42 to Oregon, 31 to Arizona State, and 49 points to Stanford in the season finale. It's terrible. That's why they're all the way down on the list at 68. <clears throat> this year they're going to open the year uh, at Cincinnati. Out of conference, they will host uh, Oklahoma. That's a little bit of a glimpse at UCLA. Carla texted the show and said, um, Randy Newman did the soundtrack for Major League. Carla, he also did the soundtrack for The Natural. Look that one up. The soundtrack and some of the music. He is an incredible composer. Not just a pop guy, but an incredible composer as well. And and Matt said the same thing. Randy Newman forever tied to the movie Major League for his song Burn On. or Is it Burn One or Burn On? But you got a friend in me, you know, Toy Story. He's all over the place. That's why I said you know who he is, whether you realize it or not. All right, that'll wrap it up today. Going to do it again tomorrow, same time, same place. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See you then. See ya. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.